This is Who You Know, and I'm Dmitry Samarov. Today I talked to Matt Grimm about turning 25, growing up in Reno, Nevada, going to Oberlin, getting into uh, underground music, bartending at the Rainbow Club, and what he's going to do with the rest of his life. I had a good time. I hope you do too. Well, my birthday was on Friday. So oh, really? Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, Did you work? Uh, I worked Thursday and Saturday, but not on Friday. Oh, you took um, the Friday. So I, uh, yeah, so I just like went, uh, it's like, you do? Did, some, did some record shopping, got uh, got lunch with my friend, and then uh, went to Rainbow with my roommate, and yeah, it was like, keep, uh, my birthdays I keep very like low-key. I never been one to have like a big party or anything. And, and which momentous year is 25. this? 25. 25. That's a nice Wow. I, like, I was like, it's yeah. a round number, but also where I'm like, now I'm officially like quarter life crisis. Oh, yeah? Oh, you're ready to have the next... I, I, well, like the... You're preparing for the... Preparing for the, uh, what am I doing? Uh, oh, oh, you're... Like, really? This is occupying you already? A little bit. I mean, it's like... You know, like... I like, I've been to city for a while. Like, I'm trying... I was like, I feel like comfortable, but also where I'm like... How long have you been here now? Coming up on uh, three years. Three years. And now, so you feel some kind of internal pressure to decide what you want to be when you grow up? A little bit. Happens to all of us. I guess. I'm still waiting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but what, like, like when you were younger, like what did you have? Like what, what did you want to be when you grew up? It changed. I was like, I was like, changed like year to year. But I was like, what was like, the first one you remember? You recall that? I was one. I was like, pilot was pilot was a big one. Oh, I was like, I was a big classics. I was a big plane. Oh, fire plane no. kid. Pilot. Yeah. Like, like military? Or? No, like a like flying like passenger planes. Oh really? Yeah. Like you wanted to be on like TWA or pre something? uh pre nine eleven for my like second birthday. My parents took me to uh took me to the airport and they just plopped me in front of a window and I just airplanes and like. I would collect little like diecast models of planes and like would um, uh, like play flight simulator video games like up until like ten. It was like pilot, and then uh, yeah. I mean the it, like oh I was like it would be cool to be president. Like that was like that was oh uh, like because, like the president was like like a pilot. Oh uh, yeah, like I was like just connect, like, it was connected somehow. It, yeah, just like around that time where I was like be a pilot, maybe I could be president or like. They were like interchangeable. Yeah, it was interchangeable. Like I was like, it's things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like, I was like, you always. Where did the pilot? Like, can you trace where it came from? Like, I think it's just like I always liked planes. Yeah. Like I was like, it, it, I was like starting here from just like being really young and just loving planes and flying, and like. So you flew pretty young. I, I mean, I flew. I was like not like off and often, but like I I flew in planes when I was young. It was more, I think, more of the. Uh, mystique of being able to like fly a plane and kind of be in the air and stuff and just like you op- like think of young boys like jobs that involve uh, machinery mm. like either yeah you're a firefighter you're you work uh, like with construction vehicles or you fly a plane like or the trucks yeah I think those are all uh, like all, all things when you're like a four year old boy that are pretty easy to appeal race car driver <laughs> um, something like that but so how long did those uh, keep keep like, a hold on you? So I was like probably till about preteen stuff. Then when I was like teenager, start working in music and stuff, and that always. Then I think from then kind of like as long as I'm working in a job that has some like kind of music uh, component. What was your first music music type job? 
I, I volunteered it as a look all these okay that's for uh you can turn the lights on and oh wow look at that stuff it's kind of fancy crazy well you can't really see the lights but uh yeah oh yeah you can make them uh you can make them oh right yeah there. wow it's like when like my roommate has his girlfriend visiting captain I'll, mood I'll change know, i'll know when uh i'll know when <laughs> oh. to like be loud coming up the steps when uh the light uh, walk by and the lights oh, are so all red the, on the from the street. The equivalent you you sign the, the if the van is rocking. Yeah, the van's <laughs> rocking, the lights are red. Then yeah. I take a little heavier steps when I'm coming up. So what was yeah you were saying? But it was a. Uh, it was like I was like 14, started like volunteering at this like, it was like this all ages like, art gallery music venue, and I was just like volunteering at the door and stuff, and then started like. Interning there, helping out like doing booking, and then like doing more and more of that through high school, booking mm. shows, organizing stuff, and I think from then I was kind of like, all right, this is something that like I'm good at, applies something that I like a lot and care about to like a potential career, and then like in college I was my, like one of my jobs is like did all the booking for like the venue that was at Oberlin, like it was a 400 cap venue, we'd have like three shows a week, touring mm. bands and stuff, um, so yeah, I kept doing that, and then like graduated when COVID hit so that kind of I was like kind of put a little bit of an abrupt halt to uh, pursuing the live music because it just disappeared for a year and a half that put a pause on on your your record promoter career a little bit um well I was like just the like yeah like where I was like oh cool like I was like do that I was like work for like find venue jobs in Chicago or wherever like kind of look and then it was a uh, yeah that where you're like all right it's kind of hard to apply for venue jobs when venues aren't uh, open and it won't be for a while and then uh, yeah yeah and yeah for now and still trying to figure it out there I've got an internship now for a music PR company that I've been doing for a year which has been a like good kind of part-time gig but yeah I don't know if it's recording or not but oh yeah uh, yeah it's I was just checking like the yeah some <laughs> check the I, I, yeah I couldn't see I couldn't see the there it is yeah it's um, just bright in here, so I couldn't I yeah. couldn't see the lights. Um, what, uh, like, how did you get into me? Was did you have an older somebody like that introduced you to the kind of music that would play? Not really. It was like, it like, I like seventh eighth grade like started to kind of get into like, you know, like the like more mainstream like kind of alternative bands that the like. Which was what like, like what it, was? I was like it was like turn twenty ten so it was like your. Black Keys, Arctic Monkeys, like, okay. started to listen to, like, the White Stripes and, like, the Strokes and a lot of that kind of era of, like, alt-rock, and then from there, like, go, working backwards a little bit, um, and then when I was 14, I, uh, uh, got a copy of, a uh, Our Band Could Be Your Life, a, like, mm, Michael Osrod book, yeah. and that's just, like, you read that, you find out about... Like, it's like the Bible to all the... Yeah, it's like when you're 14, you read that, like, I, I was like, I'm, I would give that to, like, I was like, if I had kids, I would give that yeah. to, I'm giving, giving that to my kids at 13, of just like, yeah. learn about Black Flag and Sonic Youth and Minor Threat and Fugazi and, like, yeah. and all that, so then, like, from there, it introduced me to, it introduced me to, like, the replacements and, uh, I was like, replacement Sonic Youth and stuff, and then just kind of working back from there, and then combined with, like, seeing all these shows and all these bands of... Then just like never like I I know you hate Ice Age but like I saw Ice Age when I was <laughs> 15 and then I was like this is I was like they fucking ruled that like when I was like all right everyone's comparing them to Nick Cave and I haven't really listened to Nick Cave mm. so I'm gonna start listening to Nick Cave and then like 
and um, like there are some other kind of ba- like post punk bands or hardcore bands or whatever where I'm like okay they everyone is saying this band sounds like X band so I'm gonna yeah. listen to that band and then, sure um, and like that was just kind of my thing like I went to a kind of small high school um, so in like this is all in Reno Nevada all in Reno Nevada like all your life yeah Reno, I was like Nevada. I was there yeah birth till I left for school um, how did your fo- it, is it your folks or just your mom or it, like, I, both my parents like they're still up there okay. around them both together and like why did they end up there were they uh, courthouse marriage uh, my dad was a Austrian immigrant and uh, they lived in uh, they were living in San Francisco together my dad was au pairing because uh, oh. he was a illegal he was illegal alien didn't have a green oh. card or anything so uh, it just kind of making his cash by the side and then uh, immigration was like hey we're gonna uh, deport you in a week uh-huh. And him and my mom had been dating for like two years or so, and then they uh, drove up from San Francisco to Reno and got married in the courthouse. And, and then stayed? Uh, yeah, then they, I was like, San Francisco was already getting kind of too expensive, so then they found jobs in Reno. Yeah. Ended up staying. Right. What kind of jobs? Uh, my dad was working in a, they both worked for this like, uh, it was like a uh, like hotel by an airport. My mm-hmm. dad worked in the kitchen, my mom worked the front desk, and then my mom stayed there then my dad got a job at like a uh at like a nextel like a cell phone oh like, yeah like cool. a cell phone uh shop uh and yeah they, they, uh, like found jobs and they had me when i was or i was like they had me when they were like 28 but uh yeah i was born 98 they moved to reno 94. Mm-hmm. um and it was like reno uh, it was for most of my like childhood was a pretty like affordable city to live in now it's I mean, it's more expensive than Chicago, but, uh, mm. it, yeah, it was, so it was like a, they were like, it's an easy place to kind of raise a family. Um, so yeah, had me and just kind of stayed there and I mean, they're still, they're still there probably for foreseeable future. Um, did, did they, are they still working in the same kinds of, same kinds of jobs? Or, uh, well, my, they... my mom, uh, didn't work for most of when she was like kind of raising us. And then when we were in high school, she, uh, start working at a daycare mm. uh but my dad he uh like i like kind of bounced out there like worked for that and like he worked uh, like did like health insurance sales and then uh bought uh bought this like a uh, like a promotional company but it was like if you if you there was a 5k downtown that you need t-shirts made or like he uh. was like kind of the he was the guy that you would go to to make like shirts or promotional magnets or mouse pads mm. or match but like Rainbow would probably go to him to get their matchbooks like, yeah. outsourced or whatever with their brand logo. So he did that, owned that business for a while and sold it. And now he uh, uh, owns like a few franchises of this like men's hair salon. Huh. That's like, or it's it's like a, like a, it's kind of funny because it's like, how do we get, it's like, we like we give manicures and we like, you go, <laughs> you go to get your like, you get like a mani pedi boat, they give you like a glass of whiskey or a beer and you can like watch TV. Yeah, it's like, like those, re- like the retro barbershops yeah. kind of things. It's, like... it's very much like a barbershop, but it's like for men only. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very corny, but it's like, yeah. um, like you have like one in Reno and a, like a couple in the Bay. Oh, is it like that? There was one here. Well, no, this is a barbershop that was like a totally a chain. This, I was like, this is like, like I think you, a Nash, it's called a Hammer and Nails. Yeah, that there, there was one here, it was like Clyde's or Moe's or something, yeah. and there's like a big barber pole. Oh, is it, a, is it Floyd's? Floyd's, yeah. That, that, yeah, there's that. the one on Milwaukee. It's yeah, kind of similar to that. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And yeah, it's like he's got like two in Southern California, like two in San Francisco, one in Reno, and he just like kept wow. all those franchises now. Um, so that's like kind of been his thing. Like he, my dad just. So he's like just like an entrepreneur yeah, kind of business and guy. Like, and very much the American dream of like moving to America and it's just like, oh, uh, like it, like the spirit of entrepreneurship to, that is so appealing to immigrants. Yeah, like, yeah. That you can just kind of do it. Like his, what he studied in school was like hotel management. Oh, wow. Um, oh, so he really pretty yeah. much pursued the thing that he studied. Yeah. I was like, this especially where, but he just, he, his thing was always like, I just want to own a business. Like, I, was, I want to own a business, huh. I want to have employees, I want to, that was, like, his interesting goal moving to the States. And did either of them, like, were there any, either of them into music at all? They didn't give a shit about it? I mean, my mom liked, like, uh, like she was into, like, Duran Duran and, like, a lot of that kind of, like, Duran Duran's her all-time favorite band and loved, like, all that 80s, like, yeah. you know, uh, 80s pop stuff. And the new British Invasion. New, yeah. <laughs> That's what they were trying to call it. Yeah. Duran Duran Thompson Twins, like, mm -hmm. Heaven 17, like, yeah. those are all, like, when everyone gets their records from their parents, like, those were the records that I got from my mom, oh, which yeah. are still, like, a lot of great records. Yeah. Um, and then my dad, like, I mean, he listens to, like, Austrian pop music and, like, uh, and just, like, kind of, like, stuff that he'll, like, hear on the radio, but, that, like, neither of them are particularly, like, artistic-leaning my dad refuses to watch movies that are in foreign languages. Uh, oh, interesting. Because he's just like, should, I can't focus on subtitles. Why would I do that? Um, <laughs> so, uh, did he keep up with his native tongue at all? Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's still, still speak. Yeah, still speaks fluent German. Because um, yeah. like his whole his parents and like parents and sisters and all our family all still live in Austria. On my dad's side, my mom's from California. Um, okay. But like all my dad's side of the family all lives in Austria, so he keeps it up for them because they some of their English is relatively spotty and he goes back he goes back him and my mom usually go back once a year oh, um cool. I try to go every like two to three years um wow. so it's like like my dad's still and especially like his I mean my dad's my dad's story that would take three out like he's just got an insane life story but it's like he uh, we got time. Take it. He got <laughs> taken from his mom when he was a kid because he was a like one night stand child. Didn't uh -huh. meet his dad till he was twenty. But wow, uh, his dad and he met his dad because he was in the Austrian military and they were like, "Who's your dad?" And he's like, "I don't know." And they're like, "Well, we will find out for you real quick. Oh, yeah. Do a blood test." Um, Early twenty three and me. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Austrian yeah. military. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he'll. Uh, uh, so we, like, and then my dad and his mom were never really close and she passed away like 10 years ago. Um, mm. but my dad and my dad's very close with his dad and like my, my dad's stepmom is my dad calls her, his mom and uh. she's our grandma and like, he's got his half sisters, but those yeah. are his sisters. Like that's, he's very tight with all them, even though he didn't really connect with them until he was 20. Mm. Um, but like, that's who, when we visit, we see them and it's like, and then my dad's he just like through growing up because he just kind of bounced around Austria yeah. a lot growing up. He just got kind of friends everywhere. Mm. So whenever we go, it's like we just kind of pick a couple cities and we go and we visit people or people come to us and it's like, um, like I was like this past summer, uh, my cousin was getting married, so we were all there and it was the first time I'd seen my family in like four years. So mm. it was very like nice. Uh, it was a like nice kind of feeling just reconnect with everyone and um, can't remember how uh, how I got to. Uh, Oh yeah, but I, I was like, my dad like. It, oh, I asked you if if he kept up. With so his yeah, that's. Like, I was yeah. like, yeah, that's. I was like, he keeps up with his family and like, yeah. but I was like, I, I was like, I can't go. But at home, like he he only wants 
like American movies. <laughs> yeah, it's like you'll watch American, like you'll watch American movies, and like it's also because he grew up like you know, like the like American touchstones for Austrian culture are very funny um, because they. Or at least through like the so are they the Schwarzenegger or what? what and it's not even like Schwarzenegger, but they like they love uh, <laughs> Knight Rider is like was like the number one TV show in Austria. Uh. So they, like the like stereotype of like German speaking people loving Hasselhoff is very true because uh. just because of Knight Rider. Um, He's and, like like what Fran- what Jerry Lewis is in France. Yeah, <laughs> it's like very weird. Where it's like like that like. It's just like they just love Nightwork because it was just shown on the like Channel One, like Austrian National Channel. Was, it was in yeah. syndication, um, and then like uh, the movies that they would show at the like. Um, I don't know. If, I was like, I don't know if it's a if it's a thing. Like, I was like, I know it's like kind of in the U.S., but not really. And I don't know if it's really much of a thing, like Eastern Europe, but like the SOS, like Children's Villages. If you know about those, no. What, what's um, that? It's basically like kind of a transnational European like children's social services thing so it's like but they have it in every country and it's like Ooh. my like because my dad didn't know his dad and his mom was just would like disappear for weeks on end so when my dad was five they like took her from him or so it's like from an her. orphanage kind of almost? kind of but it's like kids who are truly orphans or just like in unsafe yeah. living situations uh, that you okay. are in these like so it's like a social yeah social service. and you're in these villages with a it's bunch a government, of boys government government aided Aided. It's its own program, and they get money from the government. Um, in different countries. In, in different yeah. countries. Like, they have them in Italy and Austria and yeah. Germany and elsewhere. But, uh, huh. so my dad, like, grew up in these, like, villages with all these boys from similar backgrounds with, like, like these, like, nun mothers kind of taking care of them. But the only movies that they would watch were, like, old westerns. So my dad really likes, like, High Noon and a lot of, like, old John Wayne movies. And so not, like, the Italian, like, Corbucci spaghetti westerns. Like, yeah. the American... Yeah. westerns um so my dad like growing up like his touchstones for american like media is like yeah westerns night writer he loves the band alphaville because the song big in japan was really uh, big he uh, did not know they had he thought that that was their one hit and yeah. he did no like rec- no recollection of the song forever young Ooh. which is that for me i'm like that's that band's actual hit <laughs> uh, but yeah they also have a song called big in japan and it's not the band big in Japan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but it's like American kind of cultural touchstones are very funny. How did, why did he, how did he end up in America anyways? He, uh, he just got like when he was graduated, uh, like the Austrian version of high school, like mm-hmm. when you graduate from the gymnasium, he did then two years like in school or two or three years in school. And then, uh, just like send me to the uh, smallest town in America that you can for like a work study program. So I sent him to uh, Sun Valley, Idaho, oh, uh, yeah. to yeah work at like one of the hotels for the ski resorts around there. Um, and while he was there, my mom was up there for a summer, mm. like year after she graduated college, and they met. And then my mom left, and then came back to Sun Valley a year later. They kind of reconnected, and then they both moved to San Francisco, and then were living together and dating for like a year and a half ish. Huh. Uh, and then yeah. Interesting. That's the yeah. So that was like his like. I just want to go to. He's like, he always wanted to go to America, but he didn't really want to go to a big city. He's like, I just want to go to small town America. Hmm. Like it was kind of his goal, and he had to do like Austrian military service for a little bit when he was like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. Uh, which technically, like, I was supposed to do, but because I live in the states, they're like, really? it, it, oh, okay. I live in the states and went to college, so you can kind of get college counts as like your civil service. Oh, do you have citizenship? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
Uh, yeah, I've got a passport. Yeah. Because uh, my dad never gave up his citizenship. Yeah. Uh, he's got, uh, he's living legally. He's got a green card and everything. Yeah. He is like, I, he refuses to give up his citizenship solely so me and my brother can have dual citizenship because if he gives it up, then me and my brother lose it because we were born here. Oh, I see. But you get it. You can get your citizenship as long as one of your parents has it. Can he have dual citizenship? No. He can't? You have to get, if, oh, you, if you apply for another country's citizenship with Austrian citizenship, you have to give it up. Yeah. It's a, like, yeah, a lot, it's I mean, kind I, of archaic with like something with the, the dad can pass it down, but the mother can't unless she like is from Austria. It's a... It's very interesting. interesting. Yeah, we yeah we were stripped of citizenship, but that was that was the Soviet Union. Yeah, they, yeah. If you left there, you were dead to them. And that's so, yeah, checks out. <laughs> yeah, oh, which, which, which you, you know, like in in retrospect, is a blessing. But like, yes. <laughs> fuck, we'd want to go back. But uh, yeah, interesting. So when you started working at that the all ages place, did did you like? Was your interest as like you like? organizing it all or did you want to play and like you wanted oh, I just, every, I, every aspect of it it was kind of what every aspect it? of it i never really was like great at playing music still not but like it was more just kind of being around music and like i've i've always liked just kind of like the experience of live music uh-huh. um like both for me to be able to watch live music but also watching people experience live music mm. has always been something like is very rewarding for me yeah. um like about like for me, it's where it's like, if I can book a show and see people yeah. that are having a good time or discovering something new or having a special night that they'll remember, like, for me, it's yeah. like, I take a lot of, like, joy in being the one that kind of created that. But it's the, like, it's the putting it together. That's yeah, the, 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 the logistics real, and the kind of juggling that's everything. That's the really real draw. It's a lot, yeah. And kind of in, like, I was like, the, for me, it's like any job where it's, there's a new challenge every day, for me, is like the most rewarding aspect of a job. Like, it was, like, down to, like, part of why I love rainbows that, like, every day there's just, there, it, you, you got a new story to tell, you got new kind of rips thrown <laughs> at you, or something. Same with, like, with booking shows and stuff, there's always kind of shit happening that keeps you on your toes and keeps you engaged with your job, and it's not nothing, like, it, like, there's, there, there's a lot less monotony. Yeah. Um, when it comes to that. So, it's, it, it's a little bit like what your dad went into. A little in bit. A, in a way. We both we both are very like good at like logistics and planning and kind and it's of, like a hospitality it's sort of a yeah. hospitality thing. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, interesting. Like uh, you're taking care you're taking care of talent you're taking care of people you're taking care of a, of a space. Yeah. Like you're and making sure that like everyone feels comfortable. It's a nice feeling, um, but for me like as a kid like just like kind of doing that and being around it and just like it for me to just constantly being. Like when you're 15 and you feel like you're just kind of scratching this surface of uh-huh. music where you're like, I have so much to yeah. learn about. And I mean, you st- that's the beauty of music is like even it's 10, a, year, 10 yeah, years later, like, I'm still endless. learning a bunch yeah. more. Um, so like that was for being a 14, 15 year old and where like I didn't have a lot of friends like at my high school to be able to meet kids my age who are at, like, because Reno is a small town. So uh-huh. it's like. And a lot of the music and art community would just kind of gravitate towards this venue. So oh, being okay. able to be young and meet people. The like, touring bands would come to that place? Yeah. That place. Like a lot of touring bands, a lot of regional bands and local bands. Just like the people who would go to shows, you start seeing the same people and you get yeah. to know them. And like for me to be able to meet these people outside of the like 
day to day of my high school was a really rewarding thing to just like have I'm like oh there's this whole other world outside of this school that like I can interact with and be with and like that was very like for me very like special and important just because like didn't really have yeah like a close connection to a lot of kids in my high school so did you want to get out of Reno pretty young or like did you have a yeah. desire to get get out of there it's a <laughs> it's like I mean, it's the biggest little city in the world yeah um, <laughs> But it's like, it, it gets, when you grow up in a place for 18, I mean, even if you live in Chicago for 18 years, you'd probably be itching to get out. So it's like, you live in a place and you're like, this just, it feels small and you feel like you kind of tapped yeah. most of what you can. So like, and my parents, like their kind of thing, they were like, with college, it was a, like, they're like, we just, we would prefer that you go to college, not in, not to the University of Nevada, just not because UNR is a great school. It's just like, they're like, we just want you to be out of Reno for a time like to, to see tr- something else see something new be somewhere else and if you come back you come back but like they were like yeah. for at least college they were like just to be out and do a like do your college experience in a new place in a new state meet mm-hmm. new people because you just see a lot with reno where it's like you grow up there you go to the school that you go to school there you stay there and you just kind of like broaden your horizons a little bit um, so you must have, I mean, but you must have been pretty good at school if you got, Overland's a pretty fancy. Pretty I was, fancy I was one. a, I was a pretty consistent yeah. B student. And like, B, B's got you into Overland? Yeah, I was like, I, I, I was aided by having a very strong extracurricular, like, I, like, like this, that job at the, the place. Yeah, a, like that place. and like I did, I was like, I did. I was like, I played soccer. I did a, like, okay. I was like, I did theater. I was editor of the yearbook. Like I did a lot of stuff because I was like, my great, I, w- I would be a B student at the best and the worst schools in the country. Like yeah. no matter what, like I would be, I would keep a like 3.2. Uh, like I, I was uh, always just kind of a consistent B student. Um, and it's like, I was never, uh, like, I was like, Oberlin's a good school at Hardigate, but also where they, I think for me, it was a, like, I was like, I'm coming here because you have, like, a history with arts and music, and you can clearly tell that that is my thing. Yeah. And I think that, like, great. Yeah, how, did, how did you find it? How did you choose it? My yeah. uh, English teacher in high school uh, taught, uh, when she was, like, in her 30s, she taught at Kenyon, which was, like, Oberlin's, like, Kenyon. rival, okay. but not really a rival, yeah. but it just, like, another small Ohio liberal arts school, but they're even like more in the middle of nowhere. Uh Um, So she was like, Hey, you should apply to Oberlin. I think that like, I mean, Oberlin's practically Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 30 minutes away. It's like, I have have friends who moved, I have a friend who moved to Cleveland and her boyfriend, whatever partner is a tattoo artist and Mm -hmm. his shop is in Oberlin. Oh, the one shop in Oberlin. Probably. There's it was like, I remember it opened up, when I was a senior, and I was like, that actually was like, the fact that there hasn't been a tattoo shop here is kind of surprising, yeah. because that would make good money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I, she told me about that, and I applied to Oberlin, I was pretty uh, iffy on it for a while, but they uh, gave me a lot of money and like financial aid scholarships. Um, Why were you iffy on it? It's fucking Ohio. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't want to, I was like, I don't want to go to Ohio. Like You wanted to go to, like, New York City or something? No, I, actually, not even New York. Most of the schools I was, like, my top school for all was Reed. Um, 
but uh, Reed gave me. Uh, it was kind so of. So you were looking for all the crunchy, artsy places. Yeah, I was like, it was like <laughs> my top school, like my top school forever was Reed, and then like no. got into Reed. Was but Hampshire open? <laughs> Hampshire, there's a. Uh, Bennington. Yeah, the, you were, like the, if you have a pile of money, you I was can go to a, I was applying to the West Coast versions of a lot of those schools, <laughs> yeah. like Reed, Lewis and Clark, uh, Occidental, uh, like a lot of the kind of yeah smaller liberal arts schools. Wesleyan was my like was the one that I really wanted to go to, but I didn't get into Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then Oberlin then visited. They gave me like good aid and yeah. scholarships, and then I was like, you know, what, actually, it's not that far from Cleveland, and I think I I think I could be all right with that. Like. The, I I visited like and went like we have like the radio station is fucking awesome and like a yeah. big part on campus they have a, like and I was like they have a concert venue that I can like that they let the students like do the booking for, um, so like was yeah able to do that and and just see or I was like all right like there's a lot of there's music like yeah. history of music at the school that's not just the like conservatory jazz and classical stuff I mean like the bands that formed at Oberlin I mean you got like. Yeah, 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 and I mean, fucking like Tortoise and uh, Bitch Magnet, and a lot of those bands where you're like, okay, yeah, uh, actually, co- Coding, Coding, yeah. uh, Mars Volta, yeah, uh, so that any uh, most of I was like, yeah, a Beach House, like Beach House and Yeah, 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 where I was like, oh, those are cool bands that formed there. I, mm. I'd never heard of Tortoise, never heard of Bitch Magnet until I went to Oberlin and then like got into them. Uh, it was also kind of like Tortoise is just kind of a band that's just kind of followed my. Uh, uh, like the institutions of my life where they like I went, didn't know they formed it Ober- uh, John McIntyre went to McIntyre? Uh, school at Oberlin and oh, then okay. he met either Doug or Herndon or one of them when he those was those like, guys were in Chicago they were all in Chicago yeah. but yeah. McIntyre went to Oberlin and I think he oh, okay. uh, with one other person like they didn't form Tortoise but he yeah. like with someone else then met like Doug yeah. and John and then Tortoise formed after he oh, moved yeah. to Chicago after graduation but it's still one of those like where I'm like it just it's always like yeah. between Rainbow and Oberlin and Chicago I'm just it's all it's all yeah, that, that bitch magnet guy wrote her. I have the book uh, oh, over it's there. T- it's terrible. Book. Oh, I loved it. You loved it. Oh. I mean, it's like it, it, it's very much like old man kind of complaining. Yeah, about, a, what a dick. But <laughs> for me, it was cool just kind of like reading about Oberlin in the '90s, like. It was, uh, and like, just all, like, yeah. they, they're like, oh, we had, like, all these touching, where they're like, we had a show, like, Bitch Magnet Slint, and, uh, and yeah. so-and-so playing in, like, this dorm, like, lobby, and I'm like, I live in this dorm lobby, yeah. I cannot believe they had a punk show in this lobby. That makes sense. Like, that, yeah. Kind of like how it was cool, like, the, that book, uh, uh, Your Band Sucks, or not Your Band Sucks, that's the John Fine book, the, uh, You're With Stupid, the Chicago... Oh, the, oh, oh, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, cranky, 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 the cranky guy? Yeah. Where it was kind of like, it's not the best book, but yeah. it is kind of cool to read just like as comprehensive history of like the Chicago 90s TV yeah. scene. Um, my problem with that book was where it seemed like I was like, you seem like you, you're writing this, but you weren't really as involved. Like it was a lot of like, I heard that this yeah. thing happened and yeah. a lot of like kind of heard from this person that this thing happened, but I didn't go to that. Like, yeah. Um, mm. Where I was like, it, it feels like a, a it could have been written by a better Sure. Like more in touch. Person. Yeah, that's how I feel about that that movie High Fidelity. Yeah. Like maybe it's not the greatest movie, but I know five thousand people that are in the background of that movie. Yeah. Like I know most of the locations were shot. Like a friend of mine yeah, there was a, like a sequence shit where they rented out my friend's bedroom, you know, mm-hmm. to make a scene. Like with Rainbow and Double Door and Myopic and then all, all these little all spots the places, kind of yeah. Up. 
Uh, so it's a time capsule. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a big. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember when when that was being done. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so that's like so for me, like I like I like yeah. stuff that's like a good kind of encapsulation of a time and a space, um, like either with a a book or a movie or like a a compilation record or something like that that you can just kind of like distill it down into something. <laughs> um, I always thought that would be a cool thing for Oberlin to do to do just like a, hey here's like a a comp record of band like bands from o- like like Deer have formed in Oberlin and like. And Bitch Magnet and Yeah, yeah. and Beach yeah. House and a lot of these were just like just put together a comp record of that I think would be really cool. Uh, it would be uh, label hell. Yeah. But well, maybe some sometime in your future. Maybe when you start your your label, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll only just I'll be all Oberlin all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, I, uh, well, I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't have the like crazy affinity for it, but it is still an important place where I'm like. <sighs> Okay, look like glad to have been there, and I have like a certain level of, like I have a certain affinity for it, but it's also like, COVID kind of left it like graduating when COVID hit, kind of left a sour taste in my uh, mouth of just kind of like how yeah. they handled it, and then also the like, like they didn't really give any chance for like my year to have any semblance of a graduation or anything, which kind right, of, yeah, and for like my dad was a big thing where he's like I wanted to see my kid graduate and it's like some like i graduated yeah, but it's like sure my graduation was like a video presentation my name went by my computer screen that i watched like in my bedroom at nine in the morning like <laughs> i didn't get a cap or a gown or get to walk across the stage or anything that was like a right. big thing to like for my dad and then also like my my mom's dad my grandpa's like his whole thing was also like i just want to see my kids like or see my grandkids graduate college like it was a big thing for him and like he helped with my parents like helped pay for college so it was like a yeah like to overly kind of rob me of that and they didn't really give any of my year a chance to have any semblance of that like a year later or whatever so well yeah i think all those colleges were completely running scared to many i mean it was some of them closed you know they they're just like yeah. They didn't know what the hell to do, uh, so I'm I'm sure they weren't unique. Oh yeah, I was like, there's. I, I mean, you talk to any kid that graduated my year. Is, uh, I taught in person. I taught in person classes at a college here mm-hmm. dur- during full on lockdown because they were so scared not to have. It was art classes. Yeah. Which are it's useless to do an art class over Zoom. Oh yeah. Uh, so they made us go in there, and we had like giant sneeze guards, and everybody was like wearing masks, and it was ridiculous, but. And I had you know five people in my class, yeah. you know, because I was the only ones willing to go. But they were so scared that they would just be closed. Yeah, because the whole the Zoom remote teaching things was just a fucking straight up scam. Oh yeah, you know, like, like I'm so glad that I only had to do essentially like I was like I had to do like a half a semester over Zoom, but like all and at that point already I was kind of like checking out from school because it was yeah, March of my yeah. senior year. Like I basically I was like fully focused on like my like thesis and then like but all my classes were like 10 to 12 person like 300 level discussion based like classes and then intro to econ because i needed one more like science math class what was what was your main what did you study there um i was a history major uh focusing on like architectural and urban history because also for a while in school where i was like i kind of wanted to do the like go to undergrad go to grad school get into like teaching um but then like why architect? Why architecture? Uh, freshman year, I took an architect, like a modern architecture class, and it, I was just like that. This is the coolest shit. Um, and like mm-hmm. urban design and urban history, and that was just kind of like became my like focus within was that. Was any kind of any school in particular, or any 
I mean, I was style. big on like the like I was like big on like the like the class I took was like the like Bauhaus, like Bauhaus like the like especially like the kind of like mid twenty mid to late twenties era Bauhaus, mm. um, like pre like even though I love like Mies van der Rohe was like pre like Mies taking over and then they got shut down and then like the I'm not a big fan of the like post Bauhaus school being shut down Bauhaus influence stuff but mm. um like my senior thesis was predominantly focused on like one uh like one uh like one design that like this architect Ludwig Hilbersheimer did um and just kind of how that was applied to a like East German uh housing development in the like that was developed in the 70s and 80s um so like study uh, study so brutalism brutalism basically or no so like pre i mean uh, way pre-brutalism but like brutalism in a way and just like the that like i was like the i i because i was in the Bauhaus stuff and then also the like east german eastern european 50 like kind of the evolution of like urban design and housing and stuff in the 50s 60s 70s through the 80s um mm-hmm. And how like it's postmodern, but not really because there's like you look at postmodern architecture in the way that like Frederick Jameson will describe it, and mm-hmm. like Robert Venturi in the way that kind of manifests itself in the West in the sixties and seventies versus the postmodern in the East. Yeah. I, like all that really fascinated me, and then like studied in Berlin for uh, six months, and I mean Berlin's the greatest city in the world, but also just like living in this ver- these very like distinct architectural styles and being able to like experience it and see it and kind of like walk around this built environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that with like such start, like even still, still like you have these very stark contrasts that are like, are just like basically made by crossing a river yeah. um, that you can see. And I think if, for me, it was a very like living there and stuff. It was like, that was just my focus. And like, I really love, and, it, and I still do like, I love with urban history and design and, architecture just stuff that I really like to learn about um but for me it was like grad school is kind of because I was going to school and I was like well I like doing this music thing but like I was like I'm studying history and I was like I kind of I was like I like kind of the idea of grad school and stuff but then senior year started to get a little bit burnt out on just kind of the idea of academia and then COVID just kind of snuffed that out for mm. a while and then and like grad school is still something that like I would i always I'm kind of considering my parents are always kind of like you should look oh, they at grad want school you, they want you to go back to school they're like you should look at grad school but like we're not going to pay for it but like you should look at grad school um <laughs> but yeah so if it yeah, comes come it on comes. mom dad put your money where your mouth is <laughs> um, so yeah and that's like a thing like if in two, two three years kind of see uh, yeah it's like there's there's Bauhaus big old Bauhaus book uh but uh yeah like a if it comes, it comes, but I think for a while, like, because teaching's also, like, you talk about, like, jobs you want to be when you're growing up, but, uh, yeah. like, I always, I always thought and still do think that I would be a pretty good teacher, um, like, so after the whole teacher. pilot, pilot president uh, thing yeah. went away, <laughs> you, you were going to settle for a teacher. teacher. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I also, growing up, I had, like, 20 jobs that I wanted to be when you grew up, when I grew yeah. up, but, uh. Yeah, like the teacher was always like something where I'm like, I would be pretty good at that, and I think that would, it would feel like I think that generally would be pretty fun and fulfilling, uh, if other stuff doesn't work out. But which I feel like is how most people get into teaching. Sure. Uh, yeah. Just like, like it, it, not there are the, there are, there is the rare teacher that who's 
is just built for like, yeah that's what they want I know, to be a couple be, kids yeah. that i went to school with where they they graduated school went straight into grad school like for yeah. education mm. and now they're teaching middle school or whatever one of my brothers is a like a middle he's like a fifth grade teacher yeah and it took him a while to figure that out but i think that's what he was born to that's do. my my mom's brother was a and my mom's older brother was a high school he got his phd in english but was a high school english teacher for la unified mm. for 30 years Mm. Make good money, and yeah. your pen. If you teach for thirty years, your pension's like ninety k a year mm. for which in is, LA. In yeah. LA, yeah. yeah. So that's like, I was like ninety k in LA is not. I was like it, it, It's less than ninety k in yeah. It's a lot Nevada, but LA is very expensive. Yeah. But that's still like I was like that for uh, for a stable union job. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. For me, it was just kind of like the like higher academia that I was like, oh, so basically you go to grad school, you do your research, and then you get a job teaching as a school, but you're not really teaching. It's just a vehicle for you to have time to do, keep doing research, which I like in theory, but it's just like, yeah. I don't know. Not, it, it, higher academia is not something that really appeals to me. Well, that's, I mean, that's what my dad did. My, my dad was a mathematician. Mm-hmm. He was a statistics, and he had a tenured job at a state school that he did what from what i hear what a, everything he says the minimum required yeah you know and he had a then he had his office at mit and then he did consulting mm-hmm. and it was all kind of like you know he ended up making a bunch of money yeah you know but it was never like a. I don't think he ever really loved it and he he had he was very young with the family yeah you know? like and you you and I both don't have the luxury of not not having that. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge difference. Um, it's like a, yeah, uh, I, I don't have dependence yet. Yeah. So when after your like Zoom graduation, did you go straight to Chicago or um, did you go back to I went to Reno? Reno for like a month and a half, two, like two months. Um, I was there and then uh, I like close, like one of my close friends from school, we both were kind of like, oh, well, I was like, Let's just move to Chicago. We, um, so we got. Do you know anybody here? I had a few friends, uh, who, like who were older than me, um, from Overland who moved here, and then like, I had a friend of mine from Reno who moved here like, uh, two years prior, like in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. So like I knew a couple people, and I'd been to Chicago a couple of times, and I was like visiting here. Oh, the first bar I ever went to in Chicago was Skylar. Um, oh yeah. Uh, my because my friend lived uh, like on Cermak in. Uh, like near Cermak and Western. Yeah. And he was just like, Hey, I think he was like, this bar is really, he's like, it's cheap. And they got tater tots. That was the first yeah. bar I ever went to in Chicago. And the only bars I went to in Chicago before I moved here were, uh, Skylark and Richards. Uh, and well, one of those is cool. One of those is cool. <laughs> and the other, <laughs> but, uh, and it, the Richard was like, I was here actually like a month before COVID. Look, I was, I was a smoker for 20 years and Richard's is fucking obnoxious. It's gross. Oh yeah. It's obnoxious. I've only been there. I've been there since I, I since I moved here, I've been there once. Yeah. Uh, I went on a date and it was it's so uh, bright in there. It's so bright, but it's also, for me, it reminds me of a lot of the bars and a lot of bars in Reno. I'm sure it does. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, like down all, to, you're, all you're missing is the line of slot machines. You they, know, got, they got, uh, they they got, got slots. They, yeah, they got yeah. slots. Uh, they don't have them built into the bar like they do in Reno, yeah. where they've got like video poker built into the bar. Right, you but, don't uh, even have to get up, up, up off the bar. But uh, yeah. for for me, I was like down to where they give you the like 
empty Miller Lite can that they fill with water is your like ashtray. Yeah. Like that's what you do. That's what they do in Reno. Um, right. So that's where it's like I'll have an affinity for that because I'm like it's the only bar that makes me feel like I'm back home. Mm. Uh, but okay. I can't be there for more than like a drink. And then yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is a. Uh, this, this is good. This is great. This is where I go for my emphysema. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, like that was like the. That's one reason where it's like I, in theory, would love to live in Berlin, but whole like I would be a two pack a day smoker. Yeah. To Berlin. Just like it, it's just it's so every bar you can it's just it's so easy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so which is a great question. But I was like, I had some friends here, so and then moved here uh, August twenty twenty. Yeah. My friend, we got a apartment in a, like a two bedroom in Logan, and we we liked it. And then he got a, because uh, his girlfriend was, uh, she was a good friend of mine from Reno who went to Oberlin. He was from New York, but they were she was still a senior while we were living here. Uh huh. Then she graduated, moved in with us for like two months, and then they moved uh, to New York, and then I stayed here, and then uh-huh. uh, like I lived in a, like. It was a technically a two bedroom, but it was really a, like a it was a one and a half bed. But yeah. I lived by myself on like on Augusta across from the park down there oh, okay. for a year, and then moved here last summer with Jacob. And uh, yeah, I was like, those, I was like, I, this is the first summer in like seven years that uh-huh. I do not have to move. Good. Oh, so you can stay here for a bit. Yeah, like I was like, we're we're resigning our lease in July, and I was like, we like nice. it's like it's it looks like a nice. Kind of classic Chicago yeah, apartment. Twelve fifty a month total. Cool. So like for six hundred bucks a month, this is a pretty good apartment. Yeah. And like, yeah, our, no, I mean, you met our downstairs neighbors, but uh, they're yeah. super, they're super sweet, and it's like, yeah. I, I was like, our, our street is like we like our neighbors. Is it their house or or? No, the landlord he is this like old Polish dude who lives yeah. in uh, Northbrook. Oh okay. Uh, so he's never around, uh, yeah. and he's kind of a shithead, but uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? That's the trade-off. But yeah, it was yeah, like as far as like a classic Chicago apartment, I was like, it, I was like, it's got the built-ins. It's got. A, I was yeah. like, we've got a porch and like we share a yard with our yeah. neighbors and like, it, it like it checks all boxes for what you want. Yeah, my last place. So I'm on my second place, Bridgeport apartment, but the first one had the the classic built-in wood. Yeah. The hutch. Thing, that I miss having that. I know. It's <laughs> and, a, and it's three or four of my apartments have had so many Chicago apartments have some version of that. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's also because it's like, I'm like, whoa, we can put stuff in there. I'm like, well, I don't really know, like, how to fill it because it's kind of a yeah. weird thing to fill yeah. with, but it's so like, you just kind of put little, like, tchotchkes in Nick there. Knick- Knickknacks, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I suppose you can make a full bookcase out of it, but I was then like, opening and closing it is a thing, yeah. And you can't open the middle one, which is a little bit annoying, so oh, you have weird. to, like, load them from the side. Oh, um, okay. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not the most functional bookcase, and it's like, we got these bookshelves, and... I'm pretty much. I was like, every piece of media in this apartment, save for the books on that bookshelf, are all mine. Oh, really? So that's where I was like, it's basically whatever I can fill the apartment with. Uh, <laughs> DVDs are all. Those are all Jacob's DVDs. Oh, uh, really? I was like, my DVDs are but, in my room. But, but yeah, you're the the records and books I was guy. Like, the records and books are all mine. Because uh, <laughs> that's oh, like Skylar and I. Oh, like that's where Skylar and I see I, where we like. Alicia will talk about it. Just be like Skylar, fucking records. Have you been to their place? I've been to their new place yet, no. Yeah, yeah, the living room is, it's all records. Yeah, I, that's, I was like, that's what I want, or I was like, that's what I want to just have, just like... Yeah, the wall. A yeah. wall of records. Yeah. Like that for You're me... You're probably like, at his old place, right? Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, or... Uh, actually, no, I don't think I ever went... Milwaukee? In, oh, I don't you think I ever went inside. Oh, because it was outside. all like lockdown days, yeah. right? Yeah. And I... 
Well, I met Skylar after I'd lived here for like a year. Because oh. uh, right. a woman who I've known since I was a kid uh, in Reno mm-hmm. knew Matt Schiebel from uh, his like touch and go days. So she was like, hey, yeah, I know this guy in Chicago that you should get in touch with who did yeah. like touch and go stuff. And then yeah. he's like, well, I don't live here anymore, but he put me in touch with Skylar. Yeah. And then he gave him Skylar, and that's how I got hired at Rainbow because right. they needed uh, they needed a young person. Right. Yep. And now, uh, coming up on almost two years at Rainbow. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're the old grizzled vet now. <laughs> I am no longer the uh, youngest yeah. tenured person uh, right. there. I'm the youngest by far, but uh, I'm not the the newest bartender. Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> it's still it's still funny to like you had a like derby day when people were just like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, "Man, I'm like I've never seen you before." And I'm like, "Well, I'm." It was like, I've been here for two years, and they're like, well, and then they get all grumpy about it, and they're like, where's so-and-so? And yeah. I'm like, he moved. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, the, well, that's the thing about working in a bar, is that people that want to go to a bar, they want it to be the exact same as they always, when they were like yeah. 20, and when they first came Rainbow's, there, or whatever. Uh, like, it's, as far as bars go, is pretty close to the exact it's same. It's a slavishly, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been kept pretty much like mu- museum. <laughs> yeah. Perfect and to the like way it was. With a lot of the people, have, like with like Andy and Melina, and yeah. like I mean, Skyler's been there for ten years. Like, yeah, I, like Nate Ozick's been there 15, 20 years. Like the yeah. like by large, like if you come, if you're like the last time I was here was like two thousand five. I'm like, well, it's yeah, pretty much the same crew, save for me. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's I, I that always puzzled me about the but like yeah the regulars at bars always want that yeah and and then they'll spend hours talking about how it used to be oh. you know, or whatever oh yeah uh, yeah I, uh, I I I hear a lot of the uh, well that's I mean you know I've I have a book it, about bars that yeah. starts with the phrase it's not how it used to be it never was I cite you know, like, I cite your book a lot as for <laughs> for me of kind of like why I like. It. Uh, like things that I like about Chicago bar culture because like because yeah. like for me it's like a because I don't drink so people are always kind of like yeah. oh we don't have to go to bars yeah. or whatever and I'm like well, I don't drink but I do love yeah. Chicago bars of just the, the for a lot of places that there's still like a homeliness to it yeah. and that there's a familiarity to it and in a like it's not fully on the corny end of the spectrum with the like with Cheers where it's like yeah. none of the bars are like where everyone knows your name yeah. but it is a place where like you can go to places and see the same people, but it also feel yeah. not welcome. Like you walk into the door and everyone's like, "Hey, Norm," yeah. but like you can like, like uh, this. I was like, "This isn't from your book," but someone said this to me like like two or three months after I started a Rainbow yeah. or someone, and I feel like I'm, I may have said this to you because I say it to a lot of people, yeah. but just like at a lot of bars, like a Rainbow or a Skylark yeah. or a like I don't know any any of those like neighborhood bars, but it's like. Yeah. We're all assholes yeah. at a bar. You're, no one's better than anyone else. Yeah. No one is. We're all we're all here. We're all paying yeah. the same price for a drink. We're all in the same shared space. You leave, you go your separate ways. But then it's like with Chicago, where it's like with a lot of the with a lot of bars, there's that you don't really get in a lot of cities. It's just like there's no there's no hierarchy. There's no social hierarchy. Yeah. No one's better than anyone else. Yeah. Your your money is all the same. Like. It's. I think that there's a there's a unique thing about that that is like not really present in other cities. Like you, I was like both at like Chicago bars by and large are pretty cheap, but also like 
go to New York and it's like you can't really like sit at a bar and like talk to your neighbor because it's always like a how can there, we... you you really have to know you have to know there are places like that there but you have to really oh yeah know. I got yeah I found one there's one in the theater district it's crazy whoa yeah it it's this guy that was like, this bar that was opened by like a former boxer or like mm-hmm. a bar, Who's, who's, what the hell is it? I have to look it up. It's like it's called something like Joe's Corner or something like that. And it's is now, it Joe's Pub? No, no. Okay. No. Oh man, I'll, I'll I'll look it up. But uh, uh, in he died, but his sons are running it, uh-huh. and it, it's totally like, and it's across the street from like, it's on a street with all these theaters, but it's just this tiny, you know, it's New York, so it's really yeah. tiny. Everything in New York is tiny, but. Uh, and you could tell that people go there, the same people, yeah, like that kind of thing. But you, yeah, it's a lot harder to find uh, than here. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it took me years to feel welcome at the Rainbow. Oh you yeah, know, like it's not they won't just fucking embrace you. Like I mean, yeah, that's and, what I, was I mean, it was famous forever for lousy service. You know, yeah. like that bar. Uh, yeah, I had that. It, it took years. Two three weeks ago, there was a guy who was like, yeah, he's like, I live in back of yards now, so he's like, I don't really make it up here anymore. Yeah. And it's like. He was like, I don't mean it. He was like, I don't mean any offense by this, but you're too nice to be a rainbow bartender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, fair enough, but also like, it's kind of. I was like, yeah. it's it's not a bad thing to have like a. a no, you need person. you need one. Yeah. yeah, I was like, there needs to be one. Like, we can't all be uh, we can't all be uh, grizzled like grizzled old guys who don't want to serve you. No, I mean it depends on where. The thing, yeah, like in places like Rainbow is they usually employ people that probably would not be hired other places yeah. and because they're like artists or musicians and they have no social skills and they don't have a background in the service industry. Yeah. I mean, and that's what, I mean, I've been working in service industry jobs since I was 14, yeah. you know, and it reflects nothing of my actual character, but I can turn on that like fake friendly thing oh yeah and it's like a fucking answer it's like an answering machine and that's the thing that you know like i've worked so many places and that's what so many people don't realize is it's so much easier to just be nice to people yeah because it gets you out of their them out of your face so much quicker i was like yeah rather than imposing your problems and your personality quick Like yeah. give give quick serves with a smile. Like if people have questions, answer them. Like yeah. I don't like I don't. If you're a dick to people, well, a also where I'm like, objectively, if I'm nicer to people and make them feel welcome, they will tip me more. Sure. Maybe sometimes they don't. Some like, but it's still a, like, if you're a dick to people, they're not going to they're mm-hmm. not going to tip you. And this is where it's like I, my livelihood depends on me being yeah a, like a little friendly. I don't need to like. Like I don't, I don't go out of my way to yeah. like chat with people. Yeah. But it's like you give quick service, you give it with a smile. You yeah. you like you make people feel at ease, and you're not right. going to have any problems. And I think that like there's there's bartenders like at other bars where I'm like you kind of relish in being a like a dick server. Yeah. Um. And it, like and rainbow bartenders for a while were like that too. Where it's, but it's like for me where it's like I if people ask for a drink that I'm like. If I can, like, people ask me that, I'm like, if I can make it, I will make it. Yeah. I won't be like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, to a, like, like, I hear how, like, some guy's like, oh, Rainbow does martinis now. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, back in the day, they just make no martinis. I'm like, it's not a hard drink to make, and it's a normal drink. Like, it's not, you're not asking me for anything crazy. 
But it's the for like that's where I see my role at Rainbows A being the resident young person. Uh, yeah. But also just like I have the energy to be nice to people and also where it's like I what I love about that job is like I get to meet new people every day. Mm. And sometimes they're the worst people I've met in my life. Uh, <laughs> but at least I Well unfor- yeah, unfortunately like you got you got to Rainbow when like long past when that neighborhood was yeah. it, it's it's a hellscape. Oh yeah, uh, you you leave the rainbow, and yet speaking of like places that stay the same, and outside, yeah, if those people that came for Derby walked around that neighborhood, they would oh yeah, they would think they were on the fucking moon. I mean, I hear that D where she's like, I don't, she's like, I don't leave this neighborhood, or she's like, I don't leave my leave apartment this building, to go yeah. to leave the neighborhood. She's like, I go to the Dunkin' Donuts, and occasionally she will go to the Chinese restaurant, uh, mm-hmm. the new Chinese restaurant. But it's like, I, I mean, I love. I love D and I love like talk. I was like talking to her, but also where it's like I I I want to like. Every time I hear a little thing about her, I just want to learn more. But she yeah. just does not talk about herself at all. No, no, she's she's not an open. She'd book. be a good. I was like, she'd be a good person to interview if you could crack her. But the problem is, uh, she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do this. She yeah. doesn't like being known. Like she doesn't like people to know that she owns Rainbow. Yeah, which I respect, but also where I'm like, no, I get it along with D very very well, but like. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't poke it, you know. Like, yeah, um, like D came down to the bar because it's like she's never in the bar, but sometimes when Linda comes, mm. she'll like yeah. come down and like yeah. my Monday afternoons, and it's like the three of us. Yeah, and that's actually pretty nice. Like she'll she'll laugh, like she'll I'll crack a joke, yeah. and she'll laugh, and she'll kind of be a little bit more at ease. Um, yeah, but like she her birthday was in like a week or so from that, and Linda was like, "Are you doing anything for your birthday?" And she's like, "With any luck, I will be staring at a blank wall for hours." And I'm mm. like, checks out everything <laughs> that D would say. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's kind of amazing that that's the place you landed in Chicago of all places. Got very, very well. Like I said, I say it to Skyler all the time. Where I was like, well, Skyler too. Skyler before you. Yeah, he la- somehow landed. It was like yeah, his second or third job in the city was like at Rainbow. It was my yeah. it was my second job in the city. Because you worked at Glunts. Yeah, Glunts. I remember you, us talking about Glunts, the House of, of Glunts. Poor shit bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, hated, I worked there for like seven weeks. Yeah. And hated it. And the second yeah. I realized that I made more on my like Monday, like working with Jonathan, but not like, like Jonathan D was basically like Jonathan let him be behind the bar and yeah. just sit there. Yeah. Right. Um, You're training. Yeah. And, yeah. Training. But I was like, I made $60 in tips on this slow Monday afternoon. Yeah, right. And I made $60 in tips working a 12 hour shift at Glunt's. Right. Yeah. Like, I, that's where I was like, and D kept me like, don't quit your job. And I was like, D, I don't think you understand. I am working yeah. triple the hours and yeah. making the same money. That's like, a th- that's the weird thing. Yeah. And it just depends. Yeah. If you, and you got it, you know, you call, you stay at a place like, you know, like my Sundays at Skylark, the ring would be like half of what, like, you know, Thursday was or yeah. something. And I would make twice as much. Yeah. Like, so it just, like, it... it, it That's why I like working my, like, like, I I really like my rainbow schedule because, like, the Sunday nights, the ring is, yeah, nothing crazy, but because Sunday nights, it's all industry people going out, so I'm like, you make good tips on that. Monday afternoons, it's one of those where I'm like, someone's got to work it, and it's usually kind of the same group of people that come, so it's not too bad, then, like... Thursday nights, Saturday afternoons are always busy, so you're always, like, I I work shifts that are, like... Busy, but not yeah. like they're not the Friday or Saturday night insanity like yeah. shifts, which are like I still like are fun to work and you make good money, but it's like I like the the way I schedule. I like kind of the 
people that I see kind of consistently on those nights. But yeah, I never consistently made more like also like the the two 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 bartender thing. You know, like yeah, I much preferred the one. Like, oh, me too. The only bartender. I love working with know. Noah like on Thursday yeah. nights, like yeah. when it's the two of us. But yeah. it's like we're like. We'll have a busy night and I'm tipping out. I'm like, well, I'm yeah. making like 250, 300 bucks, but also I could have yeah. made 700 and I could have handled the ship by right. myself. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. That's so the it's problem. a, yeah. Uh. <laughs> but it's like, I'm very, I say that to Skylar too, where I'm like very blessed that like I'm, I was able to get like you, because it was also just by circumstance, like Rainbow was reopening, but like, Haggerty was not, was living yeah. in yeah. in Indiana. Like Sheeble moved. Kinsella yeah. was like trying to quit. So it was like they needed yeah. someone to just take a lot of shit. Jonathan was trying to drop shifts. So yeah. like it yeah, worked right. out where it came. And they hired me initially. They didn't want me to bartend. They just needed me to clean the place mm-hmm. two days a week. And then they right. were like, "Well, we'll give you this shift because so and so is dropping it. All right, we'll give you this shift because so and so is dropping it." And then it just like. Right place, right time. Yeah, I was like, I got very lucky, and also that like I didn't have to do the like do door for five years before you can bartend. Right. The only person that's bitter about it is Nate Ozig, but like he's he got whatever, it. whatever. Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> so like I got very very lucky, and then like I was like, I mean, I had plenty of fuck ups when I started to where I was like surprised that D didn't fire me. But, well, sure, yeah. But now it's at a point where I'm like, I I feel like. For about a year, I felt I felt like I had no job security. Oh, really? I, I, I would come home after closing, like, terrified that I did something wrong. <laughs> and, and like, or that I would, like, come into open, like, on a Monday after closing on a Sunday and seeing a note from D that's just, like, call me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now, like, I'm, like, I feel secure. And also that's just, like... Yeah, but those guys, they... Yeah, they like, love do they love doing that shit. Oh just yeah, just just fucking, especially like because you're young, like just, yeah. just really I've fucking never, I've scaring the shit out of you. I've never feared a boss more than D, but it's yeah. not like I'm actually yeah. afraid of D. But yeah. it's like I'm like if she like she would not mince words while firing me. Yeah, and it's like that when I like when I fuck up, I know I like I mm. know I fucked up. Yeah, and she'll lay India, and then she'll go upstairs, and then you're fine. Yeah. But, yeah, because you actually respect her. Yeah, like I, 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 I've never respected a boss more. Right. I'm like you've you've done this for you've done this for decades, and I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to stomp on your shit. Um, so we we started out with like how you just turned 25, so you're you're entering your quarter life crisis. So like, what are what are your thoughts about like, what does the future hold for for Matt Grimm? I'm trying to like I'm a, this like. I, I really like kind of this, like, the thing with me is where it's, like, my schedule, I like kind of where it is. Yeah, what, you're, you're doing some other stuff except for your, you're so doing, like, I have this, like, like social in, media thing? Well, I was or? like, this, I was like, so it's this music PR company, uh-huh. and it's, like, internship with them for now, and I've been doing that for, like, a year, uh-huh. and the thing with that is where it's, like, I would like to work for them full-time, Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like... There's only six people that work there, uh, and I can very tangibly see where I'm like, there's the, like, woman that's the head of it, and then there's the, like, publicist, and then they have an office, they already have an office, like, assistant, which mm. would be the job that, like, I would yeah. slot into, so it's kind of waiting for this kid who's my yeah. age, but, yeah. like, it's either him to get promoted or go somewhere else, and that I can then be like, yeah. alright, cool, job opening. Like, let me uh, get that. Yeah. So it's like, I'm trying to just kind of wait. It's like awaiting it, but also like I'm still like applying for kind of other jobs because for me it's like I like, and ideally like I would be able to work PR PR job like 
four days a week, work Rainbow one or two nights yeah. a week, and kind of keep that, because I still like Rainbow, it's just the, the schedule can get, like, the the working night, like, where it's like, I'm going to bed at, like, 3.34 in the sure, morning, yeah. a couple nights a week, and then yeah. waking up at noon, like, it, it would be nice to have a more, like, stable schedule, and then, like, with that, where it's, like, still, like, working around music and working with artists that I really, I mean, they like the, the artists that they work with are some of my favorite artists and it's like that we can like that that I can still do where I can apply like my knowledge of music and my passion for it into a what kind of stuff job. do you do for them like your plate it's a lot of like it's a lot of stuff or it's a lot of uh like it's like office like website maintenance kind of like like writing and laying out press reports that mm. we send to people we're like mm. hey so-and-so's got this album coming out here's a little blurb here's our tour dates yeah. here's the album yeah. artwork yada yada for more information email yeah. this person um so it's like do, yeah that stuff do, or like if we've got artists on tour and they're like hey they're playing reno we don't really have any press contacts and yeah. you know can you like kind of create a thing for like what are the alt weeklies and the newspapers and the zines and stuff in a city yeah. or whatever and like and it's like it's very, it's one sometimes two times a week for like four or five hours a week and like mm. it's very, and very chill and I still like I get free shows to any of our artists any shows at Metro any shows at Salt Shed like Bottle Talia Hall like there's I was like I get plenty of perks from it yeah. like on that side of it and like working there and then like with like a lot of the musicians that like hang at Rainbow where it kind of is a nice like bridge where yeah. they're like oh like. You, like, like they'll be at Rainbow, and I'm like, oh, like I'm here, but yeah. I was like, interpret perfect, and they're like, oh shit, like you yeah. know, so and so, and then it's yeah. like, so that kind of works. It's just like I would like to be there full time, but like I've applied for jobs at Tolly or yeah. Bottle or Metro, and then yeah. I've like gotten close, but not mm. gotten it. And that's like, I got, I was, I was like pretty bummed because there's a Talia job that was like being one of their like marketing like mm. coordinators, and I got like interviewed twice for it. Yeah, had like. I was, like, felt, like, felt good about it, and I was, like, I know, like, Brett Hale becomes a yeah. rainbow all the time, like, yeah. he knows who I am, like, I'm not some strange kid, and then I, like, yeah. I did get that job, and I was really fucking pissed. But, <laughs> uh, and it was, like, the same week that, like, Finn and I broke up, so it was, like, mm. they were just, like, compounding, yeah. compounding that's, that's shit. How, that's how life is. That's how life it's is. It's never just one thing. It's, it's, it's You get piled on to, like, you that, get shit on. And it's, like, like there's buckets. <laughs> rolling into, ro- like, right as winter's starting, and I was, like, man, it's fucking sucks uh but like it's all like it's it's all good it's just like i'm just kind of like the quarter life crisis is more of just like kind of figuring out where my like direction is Uh um because i've just been in like a holding pattern of sorts um with like rainbow and then like with rainbow and then like applying for like i just i i don't like the constant job of applying for jobs Mm. and like but then the more, like, the it's like, if you apply for more jobs, you'll find out about more jobs. But these I, jobs are mostly, like, kind of, like, booking kind of jo- like music jobs. Music jobs, but it's, like, I've applied for, like, I like I applied and I had, like, an interview for, like, a job that was, like, a, being an event coordinator for the Chicago History Museum. Huh. Like, and, like, because I've also, like, had, I had, like, a summer job when I was yeah. uh, sophomore in school for uh, doing, like, a like working in the development office of an art museum and like yeah i've got like background in that and stuff and also like you can do the job interview bs of like leveraging I'm like oh yeah. well i've done booking with musicians and if you can handle if you can handle dealing with musicians you can deal with anything which is true um but like it, 
I'm try like trying to leverage past experience at other jobs, but ideally I just don't want a job that I would like dread going to. <laughs> that's like that that that's a that's a good ambition. I've to had have. <laughs> in that like however that lays itself out, yeah. but it's like I I just <laughs> don't I've had jobs like that, and it's just like it makes everything else in your life so much more miserable if you just dread waking up and going to work. Yep, and like that's for sure. If I can avoid that as much as possible in my life, like that, I'm cool with that. Mm. So for me, I'm like, yeah, trying to figure that, like, figure that out, what that looks like, and like my parents are, they're not like the ones that are like, well, you're you're just still doing your bar, like they're they're very, they love that I love Rainbow and they love that I have yeah. like a they have they ever visited here uh th- yeah they've been uh my mom's been to Rainbow twice and my dad once uh my mom was in town with my uncles uh for art expo like a month ago oh really came, yeah um oh. my uncle uh well it's my mom's brother and his partner and uh my mom's brother he was high school English teacher and then his partner's like a ceramicist mm. So he, and he wasn't showing anything at Art Expo, but he just wanted to go to see how it compares to like Art Basel or some of the ones mm, in like LA yeah. or New York or whatever. And so they all came to Rainbow and then my parents visited like a year and a half ago and then the two of them came to Rainbow. It was kind of funny because they were like, it was like a Sunday night and there were like one couple in one of the booths. Yeah. And then like they walked in and were just, and I was like, if you weren't my parents, I would be so fucking annoyed at how you were acting of just like being oh, really? really loud and like. Oh, that's funny. But, uh, because they, they were, like, they were here, and, like, some friends of theirs uh, were also, like, in town, so it was, like, but, at the, at, like, at the end of the day, it was, like, fine, and they, they, they like Rainbow, and they, like, I've taken <laughs> them to spots in Chicago that they, and they like, like, they love Chicago, they love to visit here, and mm-hmm. um, they hate it in the winter, but, uh, yeah. so, so do we. <laughs> uh, some of us. I, 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 I have the opposite. I mean, I hate it, but it's, like, I... <laughs> I I don't hate it as much as other people because I kind of like it. Um, for me, it's more of that I like the the time of year that I dread in Chicago is like March, oh, when yeah. it's just forty and gray every day. Sure, because that's it, it's not cold, but it's not warm. You're just kind of like, <laughs> like no, like no. Um, yeah, what's well, that quote from The Wire where it's like no one gives a shit about a forty degree day? Yeah, like that's kind of how I feel about yeah the entire month of March. Yeah, the, and all the weather's in Chicago. None of it is is for wimps. <laughs> like no, but it's uh, one or the other usually. <laughs> but yeah, so that's like my uh, my parents' thing. Which <laughs> uh, that's their thing with Chicago, but they love like as a and like my my mom's other brother. He, uh, my, his kid, my cousin just uh, started to Paul. So now oh, he is, okay. uh, he's like in, going to the film school and is really into film photography. Oh, and okay. So it's like, now that it's like, we've got like more family in Chicago. Well, Cause you love movies too, right? Yeah. I mean like, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I want to do this is like anytime we've ever talked and like I'd bring up a band or or like a book or a movie and you usually know about it. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It's always my thing with movies. movies has been only, uh, only just crossing over your quarter century. It's, it's pretty impressive to me. I was never really a big movie person, but then COVID, I uh, was basically oh, like oh. on a, like for about a year was on a like two to three movie a day grind. Yeah. So sure. it was like COVID was where I started to get Crash more. Course. <laughs> like I, I hadn't seen any of like the canon of yeah. movies. Like for me as like my favorite movie, like 
my favorite movies in like you had your dad's taste. It was, it was all just Schwarzenegger. Or, 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 <laughs> well, I I still have I, I still love Schwarzenegger movies. I'm seeing Conan. That's her, that's heritage. I'm seeing Conan at the Music Box next weekend. Yeah. And I'm very excited for it. That's just that's salute. Yeah. Um, but like I I love John. Wa- I watched a lot of John Waters movies in college. Mm. So like Pink Flamingos was always a favorite movie. But like I hadn't seen like any like I hadn't seen a Wim Wenders movie or a Fellini movie or like a, oh, yeah. a I hadn't seen a single one of those movies until like. COVID hit, and then I was like, well, I have all this time. Yeah. And... Did you get the Criterion channel? or like I, I was like, like, I got the yeah. Criterion channel login from my friend, and yeah. then we just, like, watch those, sure, and then, yeah. or just, like, finding them online or whatever, and, like, I was seeing this girl over COVID that was, like, basically, like, I was, like, my quarantine pod was just me and this girl mm. and uh, this, like, family of ducks that we were raising. Oh, wow. Because uh, we, uh, when COVID hit, we went to the Tractor <laughs> Supply Company, and you can buy uh, ducklings for 50 cents each at Tractor wow. Supply Company. Oh, crazy. Which is crazy, so we just got, like... Where do they live in your place? They lived like in, in uh, our yard. Uh, we, each yard. Had, we each had, like, our own houses that we've lived in through the year and then oh. both of us all our roommates moved out over covid so it was just oh. me and my four bedroom house to myself and her and her four bedroom house to herself oh. so we just like raised the duck and she lived like not far from me so we like raised these ducklings in our yard and then well, we just, duck, like, so the ducklings were your children they were our children yeah uh, and uh <laughs> and you watched she, had to, she gave most of them away to an actual farm in yeah. oberlin but then she raised the one and still he's still alive i got a picture of him the other week and that's kind of a nice thing but we were like she was very big into movies so we were just like like covid was just like kind of doing school but just like smoke weed and watch movies and raise these ducks and then like and that was so for me like getting into movies was like that covid's like spring and then when i moved here yeah like the it was like that winter twenty twenty where it was just like that nothing was going yeah. on and you could, like it was max fear of going out so I just would wake up and yeah would well, I would try for I would try for two but usually end up watching about three movies a day yeah and yeah. like I wasn't really I was like I had like a kind of freelance job but I wasn't really working mm. so I just like was just yeah like kind of hanging out in this apartment and like my roommate had a. He had, it was a pretty cool job. He, he had a two-month freelance job where he had to move to Connecticut, and it was mm. uh, he was uh, Renata Adler's uh, personal archivist. Oh, wow. Because she was like, I need someone to help me archive every book in my house. Crazy. And Where she, does she live? She lives in Connecticut. Uh, in Connecticut. Connecticut. Uh, yeah. But it was like she, because my friend's dad, he was... Uh, an archivist for like Central Connecticut College so Renata Adler hit him up and he's like well I'm going to uh, be too expensive uh, but I can rent you my son and <laughs> he can do that for you so he left for like two months like October, November, December so he's I was like, just alone so, in Chicago sold into like some kind of academic slavery pretty much but it's Renata Adler who <laughs> yeah. like I, I love the speedboat and like yeah. I um, so I, she's like, on my. I haven't read anything of hers yet. I, yeah. I'll lend you. I was like, Speedboat is a really. I, that was a uh, Christian Tabordo and I. That was how we first kind of became friends. Oh, nice! Like, like one of my first Monday afternoon shifts, he came in. He's like, he's like, I've never seen another young person reading Renata Adler. And he's like, and it's funny that that's like your book that you're reading at your bar shift. And I was like, I just got it. I was like, I'm yeah. just kind of thumbing through it. Um, I miss Christian, but I was like, he was yeah. always he would always give me good books to read. And uh, yeah, that guy knows a lot about books, but. uh yeah, but for, like, you and I was, like, talking to you about movies and music and stuff, but I was never really a movie guy until, like, two years ago. Interesting. Um, so, see? Thanks, COVID. Best thanks, play, COVID. Best like, plague ever. Got me into, got me into movies, and then, like, 
and and just like with music and stuff like I would I, like COVID tried to kind of like do a little bit more kind of rounding out where I'd be like I have not really listened to like X artist discography mm. and I'm still kind of doing that now like a, a, yeah. my roommate knows this based on just like what I listen yeah, to like, what's the current uh, right now is a uh, I never I realized I never really listened to uh, like Danzig records after Danzig two oh so. Uh, been listening to oh I've, I've now, never listened I've listened to the entire Danzig discography and have kind of settled on where I'm like oh it's actually like Danzig three four five are actually really good mm-hmm. um so like listening to that listening to a lot of Cheap Trick because uh, I'm seeing a Cheap Trick at Metro in uh, uh, August uh, and I've always loved like the hits but now like kind of just where I'm like I'm listening to the you're cramming you're, discography. you're cramming for the <laughs> um, that's but right. like stuff like that, and like how, like stuff where I'm like I will know like an album from a band, mm-hmm. but haven't listened to like much beyond that. So just kind of rounding that out. I've always liked to do, um, mm. but like COVID especially was where I was like I haven't really listened to like even bands that were like kind of like even like kind of popular music, and also like I I was never really that into jazz in college. And then like mm. kind of COVID, I was like I've never really got like listened to like that much jazz and then like started like yeah getting into your entry level free jazz state but like your Archie Sheps and Ornette Coleman's and our yeah. ensemble of Chicago and kind of like getting more into that um cool but yeah that's a that's that that's a that's a deep deep sea that you can dive you, you can dive into there and never come back up I He's still, I, I still don't uh, that's kind of what I like with Rainbow even though I can't really play them that much but a lot of those like jazz CDs and jazz records that we have are like yeah, be be careful with with D coming down. You're playing some of that shit. Oh, <laughs> that's what Skylar always says. Because like, yeah. like like that's what Skylar wants to play, and like yeah. she'll 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 like cut him get, a new asshole. Like, get mad at like rip him early, a new asshole. Like, like, like a, playing John Coltrane, but it's not even like weird John Coltrane. It's like 1957 era John Coltrane, yeah. where it's pretty easy to listen to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, <laughs> there's a, like there's a couple like Archie Shep CDs where I'm like I. I don't know this record and I'll play it for a minute and I'm like, yeah, this is like one of the ones where he's just like yelling over saxophone. Yeah, yeah. Not a, an ideal bar music, but... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Also, I'm trying to think of like movies I've watched in the past week or so, but I was like, I watched my uh, the Miami Vice, uh, the Michael Mann Miami Vice movie oh, the last movie, night, yeah. which I'd never seen. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty good. I think that movie's great. I, People it, shit on that movie. I think it's I think good. it's really, really damn good. And it's, I mean, it's sort of like a weird postmodern like commentary yeah. on the show by any yeah. Vice, but I really liked it. I don't love everything Michael Mann does, and from all I know about him as a per- he's like a sadist. He's an insane right. sadist. Yeah. He's not a good guy, but yeah, that's my friend described it totally, as a if totally a pair sorry. of if a sentient pair of sunglasses made a movie, it would be Miami Vice, and I was mm. like, yeah. It's got that kind of just like oozing cool factor. Well, yeah, you want to go in. Do you ever see Thief? Oh yeah. So that's the best. Like, yeah, Thief, he, Thief he and Heat are oh, like some of my favorite. Like. Yeah, he he I'm that big. Like I know people people I, like I people love, have yeah no there's especially him. a certain kind of guy that's like their that's their religion like their Jesus is yeah. Heat is the the bromance between those two guys but like I actually re- rewatched it a year or two ago I was kind of like a bad cold mm-hmm. it was like fuck it I'm gonna watch something I've never liked but I'm gonna try it and I just yeah. I think it's fucking lame I, I don't know I don't I don't see it sure um yeah it's not, yeah not my jam for me it's like I just love 
action movies like that where they're it's super easy to follow. Yeah. But also like the shootout scene in that is one of the best shootout scenes in like film. Like I right. that like yeah. streets of LA running and gunning stuff I just think is awesome. No, there's just something kind of overheated and overblown about that movie. It's like, it's too much. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking seven hours long for no, for not, I don't, I don't think it's warranted how long that movie is. Fair enough. And look, I'll watch some fucking long ass slow, like, I'm like, I'm a really big Baylatar fan. Like, I love Baylatar. Yeah. You know, like, so I'll watch a fucking a five-hour movie where nothing happens, you know, but that's not... Michael Mann makes, like, slick action movies. Yeah. So, I love... Yeah, I mean, I love Thief. I love Manhunter. Man, I was like, Manhunter is great, and I like oh. it. I was like, honestly, I'm more enjoyable than the other Hannibal Lecter movies. Oh, it's the best. It's yeah. the best uh, Hannibal Lecter movie. And, yeah. like... It's the first. I was like, I like that. And, uh... For me, I was like, also, he... It was like, it's just... It's just I, it, the bromance thing is not even the thing that I like. I was like, I'm like it's just so fucking slick, and the way that it just like, it keeps you on your toes, and it's like I'm, I was like, I'm not gonna be the like man defending heat, but it is a phenomenal movie. But like with Miami Vice, where I was like, no, I was like, no one in this movie can act worth a shit, but who cares? Like, oh no, it's it doesn't so matter. Cool. Yeah, and like, it's just the way it looks, and and he's one of the few people that figured out. How to really use digital photography? Yeah. Like most of them don't know how to. Like it just looks like shit, a shitty copy of film, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but that movie, like that, and Public Enemies too. Public Enemies, I liked. I like Public Enemies until that horrible last scene where he goes through the the, the police station oh, and it's yeah. like a flashback. That like that killed the movie for like yeah. you just destroyed your whole movie. But like I love the action sequences in uh, Public Enemies. It looks like it looks like cops or something. Yeah. Like and it's, it's like shoot like and it's, it, and it's all digital so shit. So slick and yeah. it just looks like it's just everything is done with direction and like yeah. I think yeah. that it's great. and like Thief is yeah I think Thief is like the epitome of just like James Conn is just the epitome of cool. And one of the best Chicago movies ever. It's the, I was like yeah. that's when my cousin moved here. He's like because he's like like most eighteen years. I was like he's. Into movie, like going into college, like his favorite movie was Goodfellas, and like which is like when you're an eighteen. Oh, he's going to school for film at DePaul. Yeah. Oh, he could study with my friend Steve Jones. He probably has taken class with him. Steve Jones is a producer. He's he produces my other friend John McNaughton's movies. Oh shit! John made Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is uh, another yeah. one of the best Chicago movies ever. Well, I was like, yeah, great movie. If you want to see what Chicago looked like in the eighties, go watch that movie. Was, <laughs> yeah, like as far as Chicago movies, where I'm like, it's like Thief. Like it was like the Blues Brothers, Harry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Um, I well, not the best Chicago movie. I'm a big fan of a. I think it's called a it's like Red Dragon or something, but it's a, a John Belushi and Arnold, and Arnold plays a Russian like like KGB agent who comes to the U.S. to help bust up like a crime ring. So like 1987, or maybe not. I was like maybe not that. Is that Red Dawn or Red something? It's like a, it's red, it's red something. Oh, okay. Um, it's, but it's just like, it's just a good, like. No, there's, there's, there's not nearly as many great Chicago movies as there should be, but they're, My Bodyguard's a good Chicago movie. <laughs> uh, there's, there's some, yeah, there's some random what is ones. What this movie called? <laughs> 
just be, and I was like, it was yeah. one of those where I was like, I I was surprised that it existed, and I'd never mm. seen it before. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to look for it, but because it wasn't that, like, it wasn't that notable when it came out. Red Heat. Red Heat. Uh, Red Walter Heat. Hill directed it. Right. Okay. Um, and it's yeah, yeah. big. I have to rewatch that. I, it's a uh, Jim Belushi, Arthur's there, Peter Doyle, Lawrence Fishburne, Gina Gershon. Like yeah, yeah. It's it's not good, but it's just like yeah. I was like it, Jim Belushi's just like he's just like some other Chicago ones. There's, there's some Chicago like Running Scared is one. Yeah, that's, that's, that. that's pretty good. Uh, Ferris Bueller's also a great. I was like it's mm. just a great Chicago. Whatever <laughs> on our side, I think it's a good Chicago movie. Same with same with like it's a it's a asshole suburb, it's a suburbanites asshole suburbanites view of and that character is one of the most reprehensible ever put to film. Fair I enough. Think, it's I was like it's, I think of far yeah I'm like, a big big hater of uh, Ferris Bueller, but uh, yeah there's a, there's a bunch of other ones that are just like show the city but there really should be more yeah because it's an amazing looking city and it's like. Well, I mean, there's also that, and then there's the Chicago movies that aren't explicitly Chicago, but are filmed here, and the reason... Well, tons, yeah. It's like, the reason the city in the movie looks like a city is because of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, like the Batman movies, the yeah. the Christopher Nolan ones. Uh, many, yeah. That show, Empire, where yeah. Chicago stood in for New York, stupidly. Which, I don't yeah. know why, but, like, it, it did. Uh, yeah, so many shows. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I, and it's a... It's a city that looks good on film. I think. Well, the, I'm always surprised that like, and maybe there has. I just never looked in. But like, it's like some of the like Saul Bellow books were never adapted into a movie. <coughs> yeah. Because I feel like like, Augie Marge maybe maybe not. But I was like the, I was like I feel like that they it would those would be a good like. It with the right director, you could do it in Chicago and make it a good movie. And I, I was like, either people don't care about Bellow or not. But I was like for. Me as like a Chicago author is one of the best. I like. I I think that there is a movie adaption of yeah. one of, of one of his books that I mean I've had maybe like six of his wow. novels just because like they are always at open books for like five bucks mm, and I just yeah. get them and you can read them pretty quick and like yeah I don't know they're just they're really like good Chicago stories from like a different era. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, sometimes yeah. Like, you know, they say that the bad movies make, bad books make good movies, you know? Like, yeah. it's, you can't really translate what makes a book good into a movie and vice versa. Yeah. It loses a lot, and then you get all the comparisons. Like, I mean, for me, like, Clockwork Orange, the movie was always ruined because I read the book before, mm -hmm. and it would never measure up. You yeah. Know? Like, I still yeah, I don't like that movie. <laughs> well, I, I was like, I like that movie a lot, but also I, I read the book after the movie, and I was like, all right, book was good, and I, I was like, both are kind of equal in my eyes, but yeah. um, but I do, I do really like that movie. Um, like as reprehensible as it is, it's very like it's a very cool movie. <laughs> Big cool is the wrong word, but <laughs> well, yeah, well, cool, man. We can do this again in another... What are, when's your next crisis after you solve this one? In five, do we have to wait 15 years, 20 years? I was like... 40, 40 I, is a pretty traditional... Is 30... Well, you're going quarter... Quarter life quarter, crisis. Quarter I mean, 25 is also a year where it's like... You're kind of like... I'm like, all right, now I'm like... I'm 
three, like I graduated three years ago and I'm kind of like, all right, I've been out of college for three years and this is kind of a... Time like, to get it together. Yeah, getting, <laughs> your shit, yeah, getting your shit together in a way and not in a like, <laughs> I got to stop bartending, but it's a, yeah. where I'm like, all right, like try to like, yeah, it's like so with that and then like with quitting drinking and like kind of like I was like dealing with that and then like yeah. also with just kind of like taking stock of what's important in your life and kind of things that you value versus things that you don't and like right. I'm like, oh, like I don't need like, like, I was like, I like, I was like, I like kind of my social circle here, but where I'm like, I don't need like, a, like I see people who are like my peers in Chicago where they have like these, this large, like nebulous of people. They're all under this like one kind of social mm. umbrella. I'm like, I don't need that. Or like, mm. um, and yeah, just like, I don't know, trying to find stability where I can. Like for me, it's like, I'm actually, it's a very big thing that I'm re-signing a lease on an apartment because mm. I just like sit every year at like in college like you'd be in your dorm or your apartment or house or whatever and then may comes around you got to move out you got to store your stuff yeah. you got whatever and then you move in in a, in the fall and then like every year i've lived in chicago has yeah. been apartment for a year and then moving in july yeah that's a big difference that's so a lot for me for to stay in a yeah. place and that i've like been able to make a place like my home in yeah. a certain respect is like that's a that's been a big milestone for me just like having a place and like yeah, I was trying to remember what I was doing when I turned 25. I was driving a cab in Boston at 25. Ah. I was, yeah, it was a couple of years, a year or so into. I tried going to grad school, dropped out after one semester, moved back to Boston. Went yeah. back to driving a cab. <laughs> That's the, yeah, the other one is the, like, what I see plenty of kids my age went through, like, all right, well, I've been to grad school two, three years, maybe I'll go to grad school. And yeah. it's like... I would only want to go to grad school if I had a thing that I was trying to accomplish with it. And yeah, I, I quit because I realized I didn't want to be part of the educational system. Yeah. Like, my joke is I didn't want to be part of the problem. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't want to teach, but it weirdly, like all this time later, I've, I've done it a bit and I can do it just because, well, teaching art because I've been making art for so fucking long. Yeah. I mean, Melina actually teaches the same place I taught. Oh, really? At Dominican. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Hmm. I think she, yeah. She I just was, finished her semester like two weeks ago. Now she's back because uh, yeah. she took her Monday nights off because she was teaching Tuesday mornings. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, no, uh, yeah. I know she's doing like some kind of sculpture or something yeah. there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'll be, I'll be back there next spring teaching a portrait class. Oh, nice. Because the, yeah, because the, the main guy is finally like on his way out the door. That may become a, like a more regular thing that'd be cool yeah but it's, it's cool yeah and the thing is yeah you don't need to you don't need to have a master's to teach college yeah. that's that's a fucking lie that they they all these colleges tell you yeah but because like i i got in there because there was like an emergency they needed somebody went down with an injury in the middle of covid and mm -hmm. like i just i taught two classes you know yeah. like almost almost whole semester you know like with Having never taught a college class, no grad degree, you know, it's fine. It's just, like, experience. Yeah. You know? So, if yeah, if you ever wanted to teach later on in life, you could do it. Yeah. Having a bunch of different jobs, you know, skills. Exactly. So. And that's where I'm like, I'm not too pressed or worried about it. Like, where I'm like that, if it, I was like, if it happens, it happens, it will happen later. And I'm still yeah. just kind of like, still crashing through life and kind of figuring stuff out and, you know. Uh, yeah, don't. Yeah, you shouldn't be in a rush. <laughs> I was like, I'm still. I was like, yeah, I'm still in my twenties. Like, I, I got time. 
Well, cool, man. Yeah. Th- thanks for doing this. Oh, of course. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. It was fun. I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, sorry, I had to like kind of cancel last minute on Thursday, but I realized when I was like, I've, I was like, we got back from, I was like, we're getting back from the game at like five, and then I got to leave for work like two hours later, and I feel like yeah. I'm gonna need a little more time. So no, 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 this is this out. worked out great. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Of course. See you at the bar. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. Uh, yeah, we'll be there tonight. <laughs>